A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. We're pretty good as far as Wisconsin's gun deer season was concerned. Tomorrow we'll get the final wrap-up on the season. How are you doing, everybody? Glad you're along with us. I'm the fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee. You know, the weather really did cooperate to a large extent over the weekend. Uh, not much tracking snow, perhaps, but at least the temperatures weren't uh, real painful. Today we are going to get a lot colder than what we experienced over the weekend. Sunshine today with a few clouds mixed in, 33 are expected high. Tomorrow, sunny skies, 37. On Wednesday, we'll have the warmest day of the week. Mostly sunny skies and 43 are expected high. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has the weather details in about 15 minutes for you. Also, as far as agribusiness news is concerned, don't forget, tomorrow is Giving Tuesday. A lot of our nonprofits, including our Wisconsin 4-H Foundation, Wisconsin FFA Foundation, are certainly hoping that you'll find it in your hearts to be generous. They've got a lot of matching donors that are going to be involved in that project. And let's also remember a lot of your local nonprofits, like food pantries, could use your assistance. So remember, tomorrow, coming up, Giving Tuesday. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Well, we're headed towards the final few days of the month of November, and then all of a sudden, well, if it isn't already, full on with the holidays. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And I'll tell you what, we always look forward to uh, some little way of celebrating or putting a smile on your face when it comes to a Monday. And, Bob, you've got the ticket for us today with uh, another uh, person that's celebrating in your neck of the woods. Absolutely. The folks at the Chippewa Valley Technical College agricultural staff here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, western Wisconsin area have another ornament, so to speak, to hang on their tree. For the second year in a row, the college has been recognized with the National Association of Agriculture Educators Outstanding Post-Secondary Adult Education Program, this time in the area of livestock education. Last year it was horticulture. Our Scott Schultz had a chance to talk to the lead educator in the livestock curriculum, and that's Adam Zwiefelhofer, and ask him not only about the program in general that was recognized, but uh, how the school is doing so well to win national awards two years in a row. Uh, Adam Whaling is the dean of our uh, program at Chippewa Valley Technical College, and uh, the last couple of years he has uh, nominated uh, programs at CVTC for the award. And uh, so starting probably about a year ago uh, was the um, process of putting the, putting our, the animal science program in for the uh, Wisconsin Association of Agricultural Educators Award. And okay. uh, then in June, in June at our uh, business conference, which was held virtually this year, we found out that the uh, animal science program won the award for the state of Wisconsin, and then that automatically makes you eligible for the national award. And uh, so 
we just recently found out that uh, the animal science program won the national award also. And so just uh, a really exciting time for our egg programs at CBTC. And, uh, you know, Brent Christensen with the agronomy program will be uh, on deck for this next year. So hopefully uh, (laughs) we can go three in a row. Tell me about the program itself. How many people are part of the program? And I know your departments kind of cross worlds and support each other there. Yeah, so the Animal Science Management Program is a two-year associate degree, and we're part of, uh, we're kind of under the egg umbrella. So there's a Animal Science Management Program that's an associate degree. You have agronomy management. You have uh, horticulture and landscape. And then we also have uh, the Farm Business Production Management Program for uh, the adult farmer that's interested in taking, you know, uh, evening classes or day classes also. So, yeah, and, and we all, we're, we're part of a larger division. We all work together and, you know, all of these, uh, any award that we would win at CBTC or uh, even at the national level is thanks to all of, all of our uh, joined efforts, right? Like everyone working together uh, to make things happen. And really our, our goal is to, Uh, get students out in the workforce, and, you know, they're really uh, essential workers. And I know one thing within the department, too, that's not just the folks in the uh, department. It's administrative people. It's everybody that I know you guys have cited in your award applications in the past that uh, you get all support through the entire campus. Yeah, that's one of the neat things about CBTC is that you have obviously supportive administration. We have uh, support staff in, in the uh, program uh, assistance. But the other neat thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the aid program works with the, electric, the electrical program, works with the welding program, works with the industrial mechanics program, works with the heating and air, you know. We are all part of something much bigger, and uh, yeah, there's there's uh, certain skills and techniques and training that uh, I think we all can help each other to uh, really try to create the perfect graduate, you know, the, the most well-rounded graduate. Mention of that reminds me to ask you about the facilities that you guys have. It's also actually a district-wide thing. You guys have some nice digs there that you work out of yeah we're really fortunate to be in a a fairly new building and uh really a state-of-the-art building at the energy education center and uh just the camaraderie and uh and working with everyone to accomplish a goal is it's very uh, a very important part of uh what we do day in and day out and uh definitely a, um, a big part of all of this for sure Community support, that's part of all of this, too. You guys have some partnerships that are second to none. Yeah, we have uh, we have what we call cooperating lab farms. So we have over uh, 20 of the, or 25 for sure cooperating lab farms that, you know, help us provide that technical training that our students need, the hands-on piece for sure. And then not to, you know, we can't forget to mention all of the high schools that are in our district. And um, I have transcripted credit agreements with over 16 high schools in our area. And, uh, you know, that's where it starts. It, it starts at the high school and 
they make a connection to our program at CVTC, and then uh, it just it just keeps going from there. But yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are uh, a part of this program uh, that we we haven't even mentioned yet that make make this uh, program what it is and and uh, successful also for sure. Well, we've talked about everybody else. Let's talk about you for a minute, if we could. Oh. Tell us about <laughs> tell us about you, uh, uh, a local guy, and uh, yeah, kind of close to your roots, right there. Yeah, so I uh, grew up on a grew up on a dairy farm, and uh, didn't really know what I wanted to do after um, high school. I thought actually I was going to go into guidance counseling, so. Uh, went to guidance counselor into that program at UW Stout for a year after I was done with high school, and then realized that there was just there uh, Strum, and uh, then realized that there was this agriculture piece that was very much a part of who I was that was missing. Um, I knew that I wanted to do something in agriculture, and so I really tried to mix the two. You know, a good combination of guidance counseling counseling if you will and um, agriculture and then I went to uh, decided after my first year of college to transfer to UW River Falls uh, for ag education so it was kind of a combined uh, effort but um, after graduating from UW River Falls I went to uh, work at uh, Cooperative Resources International, or Genix, uh, Incorporated, and uh, worked for them for almost eight years uh, until a position opened up at CBTC, and haven't looked back once. So it's been a, it's been a great experience. Uh, I love bringing you know my experiences into the classroom, and uh, the hands-on piece is is critical. You know, that's just a, a big part of who I am and what I like to do, and so. I try to make sure that my students um, get that experience as well. In the hands-on part, there are some challenges that you folks uh, in any part of education are facing this year with some mixed uh, kind of uh, formats when where education is conserved or concerned. Yes. You have some yeah. online, and but you're still doing some hands-on too. Yeah, actually, the you know, fast forward a little bit into where we're at currently with the the pandemic. Um, one of the things that's actually safest for us to do, and uh, we do it quite often now, is actually be on the farm. It's just it's safer right. than being on campus, and uh, so we are taking full advantage of that. And uh, if anything, uh, students are actually getting more of a uh, hands-on off-campus experience as a result of the uh, pandemic than if we were in, you know, our traditional setting, too. So uh, we're definitely capitalizing on that opportunity. And speaking of the online part of things, well, uh, last year, Susan Frame, your cohort in the <laughs> horticulture department, I think, went to California to they did, pick yes. up this national award, and uh, you're, you got yours. Uh, online actually you? it's it's both well so the the actual uh award ceremony is um the 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 dates of the conference is november 30th through december 4th okay. so uh in about two weeks i was supposed to be heading to nashville tennessee to uh accept the award but we're going to be doing that virtually this year but scott 
they did extend an invitation for uh, this year's award winners to go down next year to New Orleans. So I'm probably going to take them up on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to do. Well, congratulations yeah. again. Congratulations. Thank you Ryan. so much. Great award appreciate again. everything. Uh, appreciate everything. And you know, Scott, there's a big part of uh, what you do promoting our program and, uh, and uh, you know, showcasing our program week in and week out. And we appreciate uh, everything you do for our program, too. So thank you so much. Well, it's easy to do that. Adams Riefelhofer, <laughs> the 2020 National Association of Egg Educators Outstanding Post-Secondary Adult Egg Education Program winner with his Animal Science Management Department at Chippewa Valley Technical College in Eau Claire. On the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire, I'm Scott Schultz. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. We don't offer greasy handshakes or kiss babies on the forehead to get your vote. Tom and Tom of Tom's Auto Center. We hope you elect Tom's Auto Center for our overall genuine knowledge of complete auto repair. We really do want to make your car great again. Stay safe, drive safe. Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's. Tom's Auto Center. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. Battles aren't won solely on the field. That's a common misconception. Battles are won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. In that place where promises are kept. Promises to oneself. This is a physical training event. Promises to one's community. Healthy people move debris out of their house. Promises to one's country. In the heart of every Marine, you'll find a promise. A promise forever kept. A promise of battles won. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Already fairly manageable out there this morning as far as temperatures are concerned, but definitely not as warm as what we enjoyed over the weekend. Let's talk weather. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. Yeah, you know, honestly, the, the weekend turned out to be pretty nice. I mean, if you were out in a deer stand on Saturday, you probably almost broke a sweat, but that's nothing but a distant memory this morning. Yeah, a little on the cooler side this morning, Pam, but nothing drastic. I mean, we're still going to be 
at the coolest this week around normal. What's normal? Mid 30s, 35, 36, a normal daytime high, low 20s, 21 and 22, normal nighttime lows. You know, that sounds a little cool, but is what we actually expect around this time of the year. And we're going to be in that neighborhood or a little bit above. High pressure is building in from the west. It's going to mean, I guess the good thing is, a lot of daytime sunshine. Some clouds around this morning, though, with low pressure just out to our east and even precipitation not all that far away with radar indicating rain and snow in lower Michigan, Indiana, a little light snow in western Illinois this morning. But as that low moves up into the New England states, they're going to have a lot of rain and snow and all that kind of winter activity that we're going to miss out on with high pressure nearby. I really expect this to be a pretty pretty pleasant, quiet week. How about that? There'll be more sunshine around today and then the rest of the week sunny with temperatures around and above normal. Remember I said mid-30s normal daytime highs. That's where we'll be for a couple of days and then above normal right toward the end of the week and it stays dry. I really don't expect we talk about precipitation, not even until early next week. So we'll get December underway, kind of on the mild side and fairly quiet. But because that low was just in the eastern U.S., it will be a bit breezy for the next day or two. That's the one thing we'll really have to deal with. I'll have forecast details right after this. As a proud sponsor of the WIAA, they care about your community like you do. They believe the communities that support their athletes are the true champions. Visit RuralMutual.com slash WIAA to learn how they support high school athletics. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Everyone at the Wisconsin Soybean Marketing Board lives and breathes Wisconsin soybeans and can be your knowledgeable ally in the field and at home. With important grower alerts, timely production advice and industry news, and expert-generated grower research, we are the resource to help your crop and business thrive. Stay in the know and connect with the Wisconsin soybean community by finding Badger Bean on Facebook or by visiting badgerbean.com. Alrighty, Stu, let's go ahead with the forecast details. Well, there are some clouds around this morning. There could be a flurry in far east and southeast Wisconsin, but skies will be clearing out. Through the day, it'll become sunny, just a little cool, low 30s with the north winds, good 5 to 15. There'll even be some gusts around 25, keeping it kind of chilly. Overnight, with a clear sky, we drop down around 20, could be an upper teen at Eau Claire, and the north winds will be around 5 to 10. With sunny skies on Tuesday, low and mid-30s with northwest winds at 5 to 10. Sunny on Wednesday, kind of a broken record. Upper 30s, maybe low 40s in southern Wisconsin. Northwest winds at 5. And about the same Thursday and Friday, Pam, sunny skies, upper 30s. Not a bad way to start December. What did you say our average temperature is supposed to be at this time of the year? Mid-30s right now. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, as we get ready to say hello to December, that's kind of a nice trend. I hope sticks around by the end of the month. Yeah, well, we'll have to see if something changes by then. (laughs) I would guess. I would guess. All right, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks. Have a great day, bud.
Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather details for you. Hey, as always, if you're looking for details, I want to remind you to pop on over to our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, a compilation of all the news of the day. Plus, you can also get a chance to listen to our podcasts if you want to rehear some of these conversations. And, of course, we ask you to sign up for our daily e-newsletter. All of that can happen in one simple spot, MidwestFarmReport.com. You can also follow us on social media, Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, Fab Farm Babe on Twitter as well. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As a business owner, you rely on a lot of people to keep things up and running. Hey, you're not the only one who'd like to kick your IT provider to the curb. Compel Consulting has become the most trusted source of computer services, pain-free. Compel works to eliminate the hassles and headaches that technology can bring, helping business owners increase productivity and make more money. Schedule a free technology assessment with Compel today and be more productive tomorrow. Visit CompelNetworks.com. Compel Consulting, professional IT solutions, just like having family in the IT biz. Linda comes over and she says that interior designer of yours must have cost you a fortune. My designer came free when I got my furniture at Lazy Boy, but I'm not telling Linda. Oh yes, I say, an absolute fortune, but worth every penny. Absolutely anyone can afford a professional and degree designer. Just shop at Lazy Boy. Next thing I know, Linda is blabbing it all over town. And I'm glad. Now everyone will know that I have a fancy interior designer. But what they don't know is I didn't have to pay more for it. That's fine. You keep talking, Linda. Wait till I tell everyone your secret homemade cookie recipe is really from the internet. And nobody has to know that my personal interior designer was absolutely free when I got this great furniture from Lazy Boy. It's not a secret. Pro Interior Design is free. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy Home Furnishings and Decor, Madison, East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. At the American Lung Association, we're fighting for a day when we can all breathe easier. We're fighting for clear skies over every city and healthy lungs throughout the country. We're fighting to keep harmful secondhand smoke out of our public spaces and workplaces. And fighting to free millions of Americans from the addictive grip of tobacco and the devastating effects of lung disease. We're fighting for a day when kids no longer battle airborne poisons in their own homes or the fear of an asthma attack. The American Lung Association isn't just fighting for air. We're fighting for all the things that make it worth breathing, and we can use your help. Join us in the fight. Visit fightingforair.org and read about just a few of the many ways the American Lung Association is fighting to protect the air we breathe, both indoors and out. See what you can do at fightingforair.org. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. No doubt about it. The best seat in the house is the one in your bathroom. The toilet is one of those things you never expect to act up or break down. But when it does, Benjamin Plumbing will have one of their capable service techs check things out. 
It could be something as simple as a float valve. Or it could be you're due for a brand new, comfy toilet. And not to worry, the majority of Benjamin Plumbing's residential repairs are more affordable than you might think. Plus, they stand by their work with a warranty on all parts, labor, and repairs. Temperamental Toilet? Contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses. I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. How is it that we can have smokers lines without ever smoking? A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Smokers or lip lines can occur not only because of smoking, but other factors, such as talking, drinking from a straw, genetics, and age-related fat loss. The most simple and effective treatment for this problem is a combination of dermal fillers such as Juvederm, which can smooth and fill those fine lines as well as hydrate the lips. Also, a neuromodulator such as Botox can be used in small amounts to relax those pursing muscles. At Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie, this treatment results in a natural, more youthful appearance of the mouth and often lasts a year or longer. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. Grant, so uh, let, let's recap of what you were talking about yesterday about that Northwestern game before I ask you about the Packers. Uh, your final takeaway on Wisconsin, again, going on to Ryan Field for a stinker of Graham Mertz and the Badgers with uh, all those turnovers. Well, I'm not surprised they lost. I'm surprised they only scored seven points, right? And that's not a diss to Wisconsin. It's just when Northwestern and Wisconsin play, like all space and time and, and the rules of the universe just kind of kind of fall away. I have this theory that there's a, there's a Northwestern effect where, like, once you step onto Ryan Field, like, it, it, everything changes. Like, it's completely different, right? And, and every player understands this, but if you've never played at Ryan Field before, it might catch you off guard. And that's my theory of what happened to Graham Mertz. Like, I just had this, this image of Paul Chris trying to warn Graham Mertz, like, hey, Graham, come into my office. i got to talk to you about something. Right, here's what's going to happen. Like, I, I want you to know. And Graham Mertz, you know, I'll, you know, he's 2-0. and He's feeling himself. He's saying, oh, I get it, right? They all have. They all have 4.0s, right? There's going to be like 20 people there. Don't worry, coach. I'm prepared, right? And then he gets there. He's like, holy cow. Okay, so the, the Northwestern thing is, is real. Like, it, it's like when Luke in The Empire Strikes Back, and I know you're a Star Wars oh, guy. Oh, I'm listening. Yeah, it's when Luke leaves Yoda the first time to go fight Darth Vader. Yeah. And he's a little cocky. He's like, ah, it's just Darth Vader. He's got a lightsaber. I'll, I'll handle it. And Yoda's sure. like, this is such a dope. He doesn't know what he's in for. Like, I think that's what happened to Graham Mertz. Same thing that happened to Luke Skywalker. And hopefully next time they go to Ryan Field, Graham Mertz will be ready, and he'll throw for, you know, five touchdowns and not five Now, turnovers. Grant, something you're missing out of this whole equation with the Star Wars analogy, I'm hoping Graham Mertz does not get his hand cut off. His hand does not get cut off, does it? Well, I mean, he threw a pile of interceptions. If there was a football equivalent of getting your hand cut off, I'd say he, he just about nailed it. Well, right? I mean, they rebuild, they rebuild Luke Skywalker. They give him a metal arm, and he gets even more powerful. So, yeah, exactly. I think this is now the rebuilding process for Graham Mertz. He will be, he will have a bionic hand. Hell and he yeah. will be much better. So next time he plays Darth Vader, it's not going to go <laughs> the same way. But he'll have five touchdowns, not five turnovers. So my guy Nelly over here not only has good jokes, but he also had a good theory. You know the the Bermuda Triangle, where like weird stuff happens. Oh yeah, with magnets and magnetic fields and yada yada yada. We think that also exists in Evanston. There's this this weird magnetic field there that bad stuff happens. 
Now, I, I've never been there, so I wouldn't know, but my earliest sports memories, right, I remember Brett Favre throwing interceptions but also making amazing throws. Like, if I really remember back, I'm like, oh, yeah, Brett Favre throws picks. We get mad, but he's also amazing. And I also remember just my dad and my uncle and my grandpa and every man who likes sports in my life. I was like, oh, the, the Northwestern always plays the batters tough. Like, I remember that from, like, age four. Like, I didn't know what it meant at the time, but it's been true always <laughs> and forever. So I think there must be some sort of energy. Maybe, there, maybe there's, like, a sinkhole under that. Maybe there's, like, a black hole Loch Ness Monster thing in Lake Michigan. Maybe that place. Yeah, okay, yeah. I like, I like the theories. Sure, why not? I'll yeah, go with that stuff. Like that. All right, Grant Bills from the Wisco Sports Show joining us right now. You can catch him 4-6 to six here in the zone also and the cross WKTY. Uh, Grant, how about what happened on Sunday? I, uh... I did not obviously care for the Packers in the second half and what they did, and uh, the low-hanging fruit is to fire Mike Pettin, and then I'm looking at Marquez Valdez-Scantling with the fumble, but I don't blame Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Uh, I blame you know Brian Gutekunst for giving these weapons to, quote-unquote weapons, to Aaron Rodgers and uh, Darius Shepard fumbling. I don't blame Darius Shepard. I, bl- I blame the guy who went out and bought the ingredients for the chef to cook with. Um, your final takeaway from the overtime loss to the Colts for your Green Bay Packers. Well, I saw a lot of people yesterday saying that the Packers were exposed, that, that the yesterday showed that they were soft. Look, if, if you came to some grand conclusion after yesterday's game, then I'm just assuming you didn't watch the first nine games because that was the same Packers team that we've seen all year long. The problem is everything that they're bad at and all of their weaknesses all kind of showed up at once, which is why they were able to blow a game. I mean, they had a 14-point lead. I think their win probability was like 89% with about 18 minutes to play. Like, that's a game they absolutely should have won. But everything that this team is bad at, like, all showed up at once. They can't stop the run. If it would get rid of COVID, they couldn't stop the run. Like, they they just can't be bothered to stop the run. They give up third and 15s like it's their day job, right? And then the Packers' offense got in a little bit of a rut, and they only got the ball ones or two times in the the second half. So, in the grand scheme of things, Evo, I'm not that shaken up about this loss because I I don't think we discovered some, like, horrible truth about our team. Like, oh, you know what, they – they're soft. Well, no, I knew that after the Tampa Bay game, right? Like, that's the team that we've watched all year. They just lost a game they shouldn't have lost. The only reason I'm mad is because that could cost them a seed, right? That could be the difference between a bye or a home game and an away game. And that's frustrating because that's a game they had right in their hand. But, I mean, that, that's the same team we've watched. Mike Patton's a doofus. And <laughs> doofus, I like that. That's hey, what it comes down to. Uh, a total agreement that Mike Patton's a doofus. If I was his family member, I wouldn't even invite him over for Thanksgiving, even if the government's telling me not to. But also... <laughs> If you need to know about farming, then you need to know Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. Partly sunny skies today will top out around 33. Tomorrow, sunshine and 37. Wednesday looks to be the warmest day of the week with sunshine and 43 degrees. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Monday. So today, 30th day of November, on this day back in 1940, the stars of I Love Lucy got married. Yeah, Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. They started in comedy sitcoms I Love Lucy and the Lucy and Desi Comedy Show. And they actually did get married on this day and were married for 20 years' time. Also on this day, in light of the Bears-Packers game last night. I thought this appropriate. On this day in 1971, the movie Brian's Song aired on ABC TV. Now, if you remember, Brian's Song is the story about Brian Piccolo 
and Gail Sayers and their friendship that developed while they were players for the Chicago Bears. And now you know. Well, I want you to know that we're keeping an eye on what's developing out in Washington, D.C., and I'm not just talking about the next administration. There are still a lot of unanswered questions, unfinished policy out there that could impact Wisconsin's real dairy industry. Wisconsin Representative Mike Gallagher from Northeast Wisconsin's keeping an eye on developments on the international scene when it comes to the names of cheese. I don't know if you realize it or not, but uh, things like feta, champagne, they're all in the crosshairs with the European Union. They don't want us to be able to call our Wisconsin cheese feta. They believe that's what they call a geographical indicator. Mike Gallagher says, in his opinion, that's just a great way to try to keep Wisconsin dairy products out of their market. Okay, so maybe to put it in simple terms, we've all had Parmesan cheese on our favorite pasta. You know, maybe we've even washed it down with a Bordeaux or a glass of champagne. And while to many of us, these names describe a type of cheese or wine, internationally, these names are derived from what are called geographical indications or GIs or the names associated with a specific location or region. And with the name comes a number of exclusive trade barriers that, to no surprise, benefit European food producers at the expense of American food producers. So while certain restrictions might be more fair than others, many of these names, such as Bologna or feta cheese, are decades, if not centuries old, and have become so synonymous with the type of food that no alternative name exists. And that means when Wisconsin farms, which of course make the best cheese in the world, try to sell, for example, cheese with common names in European markets, they can't. So we believe that's completely unfair. We believe that gives an advantage to producers that's not based on quality, but based off location. And we believe it's time to change that. And that's why we sent the letter. So along with uh, California representatives, I led more than 100 members of Congress in calling on the U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and Secretary Sonny Perdue to prioritize fairness in common food names in their upcoming trade negotiations. Congressman, is it really as simple as the EU wanting to give preference to their own producers as opposed to giving a market share to American farmers? Is it actually that cut and dry? I think so. I mean, I'm open to uh, a counter analysis, uh, but I, I think it is sort of uh, protectionism, uh, for lack of a better term. You know, it's kind of similar to what we saw in the USMCA negotiations with Canada. Obviously, Canada has a very intense uh, supply management system and, and tried to shut Wisconsin dairy farmers out of their market. So, you know, it's a natural tendency for different governments to prioritize their own. Uh, people, but we just want to be able to compete on a level playing field, particularly as we have complicated trade relationships with these countries. And then is one part of the problem that, because I know this has been going on for quite some time, is one part of the problem that the U.S. hasn't really been able to go in and actually do anything about it because they're using, they're they're putting it under the common terms, but they're misusing them. So is it that misuse that kind of puts a blockade up for us to not be able to fix it the way we want to? Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think you combine that with just the general lack of awareness of, of how this is being done. I mean, as I said before, I mean, you think of something like feta, and I think for your average American, it's just there's there's no association with a, spe- a specific geography. And so I think most Americans don't even realize the way in which the system is being gamed and the way in which it's disadvantaging uh, American producers. And I think 
we have competitor countries that exploit that ambiguity to their advantage. So again, all we're calling for is fairness in trade negotiations, and particularly for these names that have been around for hundreds of years. I think it's hard to make an argument that the geographical indicator should still be relevant. So what have Wisconsin cheesemakers been saying to you in your office? Because it's all about growing the market. This is certainly limiting the market. So what has the cheese industry here in our state been bringing to your attention? I think the number one thing I hear from the industry, uh, and this was really true before the pandemic, during the pandemic, is that we need to always be in the business of opening up foreign markets. I mean, the fact is 96% of the world's potential customers exist outside the continental United States. So the best way that we can help our dairy farmers is to really open up those markets. I think we have an opportunity Um, not just as an economic matter that's good for our dairy farmers, but potentially as a geopolitical matter to strike some bilateral free trade agreements in the coming years with certain advanced countries. Uh, My hope is that Biden prioritize doing just that. But really, I think the farmers in Wisconsin always want their public officials to be in the business of opening up markets. And then the second thing I say is there's some things we can do domestically here. One thing I've um, led the charge on in Congress is asking the USDA to revise some of its guidance to schools when it comes to healthy meals for kids so that it includes full-fat dairy products because we now know based on the science that these are actually good for kids and we want our kids consuming healthy food and we want that food to come from Wisconsin farmers. Wisconsin Representative Mike Gallagher from Northeast Wisconsin keeping an eye on the continued discussion and battle with the European Union over geographic indicators especially as it relates to our Wisconsin cheese. Uh, So far, there's nothing on the docket that would uh, indicate they're going to take up any legislation or any regulatory measures when it comes to uh, enforcement. But again, like Mike Gallagher said, you got to keep an eye on everything. We're keeping an eye on the markets in overnight electronic trade. Soybeans are the soft commodity this morning. Right now, December corn still trading a penny stronger at 426. January soybeans are down a nickel at 1186. July wheat and overnight electronic trade down four right now at 602. On Wednesday in Chicago, barrel cheese finished the week two and a quarter cents higher at 142 and a quarter. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged at 168. Double A butter, that was a nickel stronger to finish the week at $1.36. Now, as far as fluid milk contracts are concerned, December milk's up four at fifteen thirty-seven hundred weight. January milk up a dime in overnight electronic trade at sixteen twelve a hundred weight. Want to remind you, Wisconsin Farm Bureau members, again, that your annual meeting is coming up this Friday and Saturday, trying to condense everything down to a virtual platform. Talking about that next with Joe Bragger, president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. And I also want to remind you, young Farm Bureau members, don't forget, you can get involved with the Be the Babe contest again this year. We've got... uh, A little bit of a script online for you. Try your hand at being a farm broadcaster. Be the babe. Available now. Look for it on the WFBF.com website as well as on Facebook. Joe Bragger coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
Madison Area Crime Stoppers and the UW-Madison Police Department are on the lookout for a conifer crook who targeted the UW Arboretum. Sometime between November 5th and November 9th, 2020, a rare 25-foot-tall Algonquin Pillar Swiss mountain pine tree was cut down and stolen from the UW Arboretum property. The tree used to stand about 30 yards from Arboretum Drive, just east of the Wingress Springs lot. The very rare tree was planted in 1988. Its twin, right next to the stolen tree, was left unharmed. Another large tree nearby, a compact white fir, which was planted in 1981, had a 12-foot section cut from the top of the tree. That cut section, however, was left behind. UW Arboretum staff estimates the cost of the damaged tree and the stolen tree is at least $13,000. If anyone witnessed a large tree being transported from this area or notices a large tree that's now part of someone's holiday display, you're urged to contact Madison Area Crime Stoppers at 266-6014 or on the web at p3tips.com. Individuals contacting Crime Stoppers can remain anonymous and may be eligible for a cash reward. Johnson Tractor has new Case IH equipment on hand ready for immediate delivery. And 0% financing makes it really easy. Find year-end savings on in-stock Case IH combines, tractors, and planters. Johnson Tractor will sweeten the deal when you trade in your current unit. Call Johnson Tractor today and find yourself in a new Case IH for a great price. Johnson Tractor, Janesville and Judah. Johnson Tractor, from land to lawn. They came from every corner of the country, from small towns and big cities. But they all shared one thing in common. They belonged to a family called Marines, a tough and determined few dedicated to protecting everything we hold sacred. And still, they come. Celebrate the history of those proud few who have earned the title Marine. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, it is all online for this year's Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation's annual meeting. They're trying to condense as much in as they can and doing it all virtually. Joining us, the president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, that's Joe Brager. I bet you never imagined that uh, your responsibilities were going to have to all move online, Joe. How has the staff been responding? How are your members, your board members, responding to this challenge? Well, well the first thing that I would like to acknowledge is my appreciation for our staff, uh, my appreciation for the board having the foresight to, to push this thing virtually, the staff for working through it, and ultimately the members across the state uh, for their flexibility. You know, agriculture has become uh, more and more technological, um, you know, and we've got great members. I know they're up to the challenge to make this work, and, uh, you know, it's just part of the future, so... Uh, we've adapted, and we're adapting, uh, I would say, almost weekly to new changes. You know, with the uh, uh, no longer being able to hold a, a gathering around the Madison area, we are truly entirely virtual. I'll be doing annual meeting for my kitchen. Well, you know, and I guess there are some benefits to that. Is this opportunity to engage online, have you seen better response, Joe? Uh, you know, some people fail to realize that rural communities, if you're out in the country, you can have a hard time connecting virtually. What are you seeing as far as uh, trends for involvement? Well, you know, our res- our, uh, our registration's closed, so I, I want to make that clear. If, if somebody's uh, thinking uh, they'd like to join on now yet, uh, the registration did close. Um, 
but there's going to be plenty of opportunity to engage. Uh, going forward, we'll be making the announcements, uh, who the winners are of our Excellence in Ag, our discussion meet. Uh, you'll be hearing our awards that we have, service to Farm Bureau, service to Wisconsin Agriculture. And, of course, we know that uh, the integrity of the delegate process and our county process of moving policy through the organization uh, is, is going to be maintained. Um, and we're going to have a great delegate session on Saturday. Well, that's good. Now, you know, how do you handle the policy side of things, Joe? Uh, normally, that's something that's done on a face-to-face basis with a lot of great conversation and exchange. How do you see that unfolding? Well, that's, that's going to be it to be seen. But I have a lot of confidence. We're working with a great company. Um, we've got a great platform in place. We have, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty right now, right? Uh, every day we hear about someone else getting sick, so we've uh, layered everyone too deep uh, in case, uh, you know, the vice president can't perform uh, due to illness. Uh, we have someone else, uh, Kevin Krenz, uh, last year's vice president, ready to go. Uh, we're making sure on our end that we can provide, and ultimately we're asking our members, there's still time left here, a couple weeks, put strong consideration where you can get some reception. Uh, we know it's difficult sometimes uh, with uh, communications, but we also know our members are tremendously clever and adaptable, and, and they'll come through on this, just like on every other situation. And as you said, you know, the, as far as participation from the young farmers, that discussion meet, I mean, that's the kind of fuel that keeps them going for a year, so I'm sure you're happy to see those categories all full. Oh, you know, I'm going to tell it, if I haven't mentioned it, how excited I am typically. You know, when we have our gathering at the Dells, uh, you only get to see one or two discussion meetings um, because you have to choose. Uh, the way it's this year, you can go to the website. You can watch every one of the discussion meets and really hear what's important to our young farmers and, and the discussions they're having. So, you know, you lose some things going virtually, but then you gain a lot of other great possibilities. A lot of what we're doing is going to be recorded. So uh, stay tuned for opportunities to view these things, even if you haven't registered. But to, but to see, uh, especially some of those award presentations, which I just I look so forward to every, every time. What have you heard from some of your other presidents, uh, fellow states? I know how it goes, Joe. Every once in a while you get a chance to uh, just catch up and, and just talk. What have they said about maybe their state conventions, their plans, or what's happening with them? Well, and, and that's our AFBF uh, conference is going to be virtually. You know, everyone's adjusted. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we've recently seen tremendous spikes in COVID, um, and that's really put pressure on but again, I just could not be proud of, or more proud of Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation for taking the steps early enough to be prepared for this. Uh, there's some real vision there. Now, you mentioned uh, that uh, if you aren't going to, if you're not already registered, you'll have an opportunity to catch up on the archived material. Do you have any special guests, any special speakers, Joe, that people that have already registered can tap into or look forward to, or those of us that are going to be looking at the archive material might want to search for. Anything that really resonates with you as features this year, aside from the business meeting? 
you know, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up, Pam, because uh, one of the things that our members give us feedback on is our workshops that we put on throughout the annual meeting. And, and this year there's great opportunity, especially for those that have registered, to hear right from Chief uh, AFBF Economist John Newton on federal milk marketing orders and get an update there. Um, we're going to talk about, we have speakers talking about the Rural Resiliency Program and how farmers, you know, we've talked about that throughout the year, uh, the pressures sure aren't getting less, uh, social isolation, uh, and then you compound that with a difficult farm economy, a very important discussion. You know, dining in or dining out, you saw how the markets were affected as restaurants closed. You see what consumers, consumer trends do. Uh, we've got a great roundtable there. Uh, again, Joanna Miller from AFBF will be talking to members that are interested in advocating from the farm gate how to promote agriculture. Um, even having our counties come together, we have four counties that are going to be featured, talking about how individual counties have made changes to their programs. You know, the dairy breakfast changed, but, you know, what? wow, neat. Instead of having a traditional dairy breakfast, uh, one of our counties had a drive through freestall barn grilled cheese. So people still got to get out on the farm safely, um, get a grilled cheese, and, and see the livestock and see the facilities. So there's a lot of great ways in which we've adapted through the, uh, throughout the year, and I'm glad they're highlighting that. You know, rounding that up, you know, what you need to know about CAFOs and CAFO moratoriums, and then uh, finding your niche in agriculture. Um, we have a panel of, of young farmers that are going to be talking about what they've done that's maybe not the traditional agriculture, dairy, beef, you know, whatever we think of, but some of the other things. Uh, just really great workshops, uh, top-notch. You know, and it's kind of interesting to think about young people that are involved in agriculture in light of this pandemic. I mean, Joe, you and I have been in the game for quite a while, little while. It would be interesting to see what their take is as of now. Oh, and you know what? When you mention young people, I think it's so fitting the way the young farmers, uh, you know, basically, I, I like to say they virtually led the way to our annual meeting by starting out two, three weeks ago. They were going virtual before we even were thinking about it, leading the way into our next Farm Bureau century. Think about it. We're at the start of our first, this is the completion of year 101 for Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Who would have thought that we would have leapt into technology the way we've done? Well, I think that if you would have talked to me about this when we saw you in Wisconsin Dells last year, I bet neither one of us would have fathomed how not only the convention was going to change, but our lives in general, huh? We wouldn't know. It was. I don't think it was any of our. We all know the need to adapt and change, and and to use technologies to you know allow for greater efficiency and and all of that, but never envisioned something this rapid. Absolutely. Joe Bragger along with us from Independence. He is the president of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation. Now looking forward to their annual meeting all online. But the good news, like he said, all of that material will be archived and available for everyone as soon as that convention concludes. Tomorrow, we'll catch up with our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing by Stuart Peterson. Have a great Monday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. I never thought I could afford health insurance, but I just signed up and I was